you know, I think it's very important to make sure that there is a legal plan in place. Make sure they have a will and discuss that. Make sure they have advanced directives, power of attorney, and an estate planning attorney can advise them on that. These are some of the biggest and most devastating mistakes that I see people not doing. A lot of the adult children seem to think this is about them. No, no, this is about mom and dad. Do you often wonder whether there's more to life than your nine to five job? Do you dream about having a life that has no boundaries, where you can decide what to do and where to do it? And does the thought of how to get that life maybe overwhelm you just a little bit? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me as I uncover how to get that freedom and live a life that needs no retirement plan. I'll be scouring the internet and chatting with people from all walks of life who are out there living life to the max instead of punching a time card. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm really privileged to be joined by Julie Hall, the estate lady. Julie helps people with the often daunting task of settling affairs and managing a loved one's estate, as well as helping individuals in downsizing their own life, saving people time and money, relieving stress, and promoting much-needed peace. Julie, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I think this is a topic that is relevant to just about everybody. It's not just at the end of life where we have to worry about this sort of thing. I think uh, everyone runs into the problem with downsizing and getting rid of our stuff. I think so too. And it can, it can actually start much earlier than most people realize. And we're starting to see people even downsizing in their 40s now. Yep. Um, I know it's something that uh, I'm starting to look at. Uh, One of my daughters keeps telling me we've got too much stuff. We need to get rid of it. (laughs) For this podcast, Beyond Retirement is geared towards helping people navigate the years after their nine to five career. Mm -hmm. So there's probably a few listeners at least who have aging parents. And I know that looking after a parent's estate can easily be one of the events that causes the most stress in their life. And Um, I know there's lots of things that people have to do, lots of planning that needs to be done. But for those of us who haven't had to tackle this problem yet, what would you say are the biggest mistakes we might want to try to avoid when taking care of our parents at this stage and managing their estate when the time comes? One of the biggest mistakes that I see adult children making is not having a game plan. And I wrote the book to provide a game plan, but I believe that it all starts with a conversation with mom and dad and siblings and trying to get everybody on the same page at the same time. Uh, The elderly or the depression era generation, they're known to be the silent generation. So they don't always willingly share information about their finances, about their personal business, so to speak. But I think it's really up to the adult children if the parents haven't already done so, to create an open dialogue about uh, the inevitable and making sure that there are plans in place and there are ways to create some of those courageous conversations. And maybe you could uh, go into a a little bit about how to start opening one of those conversations because that is something that's difficult. It's very difficult for a lot of adult children because they feel like they're intruding on their parents' uh, private business. And so I believe in coming from a place of love and compassion and care. And I always said, mom, 
you've always been there for me. It's time for me to be there for you. And I think maybe we should sit down and maybe start thinning out a little bit. You've got a lot of catalogs and cool whipped containers and 50 glasses in the kitchen that you don't need. And let's help the less fortunate by thinning out a little bit. And let's, you know, I think it's very important to make sure that there is a legal plan in place. Make sure they have a will and discuss that. Make sure they have advanced directives, power of attorney, and an estate planning attorney can advise them on that. These are some of the biggest and most devastating mistakes that I see people not doing. I think that's very true. Um, a lot of people end up in a problem at the end because there aren't any legal plans in place. Um, I know even my my sister just recently um, without a will, without anything, and, and mm -hmm. it leaves everyone in a rough spot. It really does. And um, I believe in leaving a guidance system. I see the adult children. I'm talking kids in their 50s and 60s that are left after mom and dad maybe die suddenly or have illness and there's no plan in place. And the adult children are left to guess. And when they're left to guess what mom and dad would have wanted, first of all, your siblings are, are not always going to feel the same way you do, right? No. Nope. So we see, a, we see a lot of contention and planning a little bit in place will minimize that greatly and just make sure everybody's on the same page. So it's probably reasonable to think that most parents are going to understand that if you come at it, as you said, just saying, you know, you've looked after us for so long, it's time for us to talk about it and, you know, see what we can do together to make the plan the best it can be. Absolutely. And another great dialogue that can be started, depending on what's gone on in your family, is you remember what happened with great uncle Joe's estate where the kids were fighting and that was 30 years ago and they're still fighting. We don't want to see yeah. that happen. You know, I think it's about honoring mom and dad. It's about finding out what they want so their wishes can be fulfilled. A lot of the adult children seem to think, this is about them. No, no. Right. This is about mom and dad and what they want and doing the best that you can to fulfill their wishes. It's funny. I know a lot of people actually have never been asked what they want. And when they actually are asked, some of them don't really know. And, and you know, they're willing to sit down and think about for the first time, perhaps, what they really want to do. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to think about it. It's very important to put it in writing. It's very important for the adult children to know the uh, location of these documents. It's very important to know the allocation of heirlooms and such like this, because that's another big bone of a contention that I've dealt with yeah. personally for about 30 years. All of that is what you help people do. So let's go into your business a little bit and, and walk us through if someone came to you brand new, what would you do with them? I usually recommend a walkthrough where I go to the home. I can do that virtually too, but it's always good for me to be there in person because as an appraiser, I can visually and uh, physically handle these items and, and identify them correctly. Within a couple of hours, I can identify what has value, what doesn't. I can separate the real from the faux. 
I can give the children a game plan on who are the best resources based on what I'm seeing in the home. Is it going to be an estate sale professional? Is it going to be a local auctioneer? Is it going to be a combination of maybe consignment or online auction or charity? A lot of it goes to donation and people don't realize that. <laughs> Everybody thinks their stuff is very valuable. <laughs> they do. They do. So once you've once you've gone through and appraised and told, you know, suggested a game plan for the adult children, does your role in that end then? It depends on what they need from me. Um, and let me just tell you a quick story. It's a great story. Sure. I walked into an estate. I was dealing with an elderly um, executor who was a retired priest. And he really just wanted everything in this home to be dealt with. Well, it was an unusual situation because the individual was eccentric. Uh, there had been no air or heat in the home for over 20 years. So you can imagine wow. the condition. However, when I first walked in, it was a museum. I mean, there were magnificent pieces in this house. So I'm down in the basement and it does appear that there's mostly junk down there. And I see a laundry basket just full of old vases and dishes and they were covered in mold. And I asked the executor, what's going on with these pieces? And he said, oh, those are ugly. I'm just sending those to charity or Goodwill or, or drop them off. And I picked up one vase of which there were two. And I said, maybe not. Uh, this one right here is worth about $25,000. It's extremely oh rare, an extremely rare potter from the turn of the 20th century. So with his permission, I brought them home. I lovingly cleaned them to make sure there was no damage. I sent them to an auction house where they originated, where they were made, and they actually sold for $58,000 for the pair. Wow. And, everybody, and nobody would have known that because they were covered in dirt and grime and mold. So that's where it kind of pays off. Now, not everybody's going to have that in their home, but there are some hidden treasures. And it's very important before you give anything away, before you donate anything, before um, your, your sister or your friend comes saying, hey, I'd like to have a memento of your loved one, stop. The estate lady says, stop, stop. <laughs> please think, have these items assessed because I've seen things being given to, for example, daughter-in-laws. Uh, one of my clients, now deceased, gave a daughter-in-law a little amethyst ring, not very expensive. Only when I saw it, it wasn't an amethyst. It was a very rare stone, an alexandrite, and the ring was worth a fortune. So wow. the, the fighting began, oh, no. you know, the fighting began and my suggestion was to sell the ring and take everybody on a trip. And that's what they did. Wow. It's amazing how heated the discussions can get when <sighs> suddenly there's something worth, worth some money. You know, my mom always said, you see people's true colors at weddings and funerals. She was yep. right. Um, it's very important that some of these conversations take place before infirmity, before mental infirmity, before physical infirmity, uh, because 
uh, it really is about leaving a legacy that's a good one and not, you know, kids screaming at each other and then it trickling down in the family down to the grandchildren. You just don't want that to happen. Yeah. Feuds to go on for generations. That'd be terrible. And they do. It happens. Yes. So what would be, I'm just looking for a little bit of another story. What would be the, the most dramatic sort of situation that you've been in? Well, I can tell you why I got into this business because to this day, almost 30 years later, I still get really upset when I think about it. Um, It was one of my first clients and she was 102 years old. Wow. And she had outlived her husband, her children, and she had lived most of her life in Europe. So she had beautiful possessions. So we agreed I would go home and do some research on these items and I'd come back in a week and we would discuss how we would sell these items because she knew her time was coming. And a week later, I went back only instead of a neat and tidy home, I found a home that looks like a carnival ran through it and, and things were broken and disheveled and she was too elderly to really clean up the mess. And I said, what happened here? And she said, well, the neighbors all came over and started, you know, buying stuff. And she said, they gave me a dollar for my figurines. I said, well, those were very good German figurines. They were worth several hundred dollars a piece. And her sterling flatware set, which at the time was probably worth maybe $2,500-$3,000, went out the door for 20 bucks. And this went on and on and on. And as she told me each story, I could just feel the blood and the blood pressure rising. And at the same time, my heart was sinking. And she said to me, honey, did, did I get taken advantage of? And I said, yes, you did. And she thought that was a shame because she had known these neighbors for many, many years. And she said, I wish us older people had a nice estate lady like you. And that's how I got the name of my company, the estate lady. <laughs> but I also, I, through the years, I have had many stories like that very heartbreaking stories, criminal, criminal behavior from so-called friends and neighbors that should really, I, I don't know how they sleep at night. I, no. Especially if somebody has dementia onset, somebody needs to be there to look out for them. And I have found that in many cases, the children are not available. Or they don't want to be. Or they don't want to be. And I understand that disease. My father had that disease, you know, and, and one thing that we should probably address is we're talking about planning, which is very important. What happens if somebody dies suddenly without any warning, they die in their sleep, they fall and break a hip and they pass away the next day. Anything could happen. This was the case with both of my parents. Both of them died suddenly, without warning, and just a few months apart. Wow. And thank goodness they had everything in place and shared it 
with myself and my sibling. So my mom said, I've created two identical binders of our financial assets and, and our final wishes. And kids, when you get that phone call, grab the binder and go. And that's exactly what I did. And I remember being on the plane, trying to get there, thinking to myself as I was um, paging through this binder that my mother had created, I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, that's love. This is so much love that she put this together and she paid, they paid for everything in advance. They were fortunate that they could do that. And then not long afterwards, I lost my husband to terminal cancer. Oh my goodness. That came out of nowhere. It was like a lightning bolt. So we did have time to tighten up our estate plan so I really do have a good, unfortunately, experience with both. But I, I think it has made me a, a, a well-rounded professional in that I'm approachable and a lot of my clients feel that they can discuss these issues with me. Uh, definitely approachable, definitely well-rounded, yes. Mm-hmm. And the experience is obvious. Uh, um. If people went to your website, what kind of information, what kind of services will they find there? Well, there's a lot of information on my website. And I've tried to take my skill set and divide it every possible way I could just to meet the needs of my clients. For example, uh, people email me all the time and say, Julie, I've got about five or six items of moms. I've always wondered about them. If I send you pictures, can you value them? Most of the time I can. I, I generally shy away from artwork and um, specialty items like guns and, and um, right. high-end high end coins because you need to handle those things. But mom's figurines and china and crystal and things like that, I can certainly help people out with. Great. And you mentioned at the start uh, your book. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Of course. Well, it's called Inheriting Clutter. How to Calm the Chaos Our Parents Leave Behind or Your Parents Leave Behind. And really, I think what I've written is a game plan starting long before the parents pass away. And it just kind of holds your hand all the way through. The book even includes little love notes to mom and dad with complete with phenomenal stories um, that are all true to life. And I have experienced every one of them. Wow. Oh, that sounds uh, sounds like it'll be a very interesting book to read. And if it has the notes, things to guide you along the way, that's going to be perfect. I think so. And I, I wanted to give them as much information as I could, because I realized if they're left hanging and they have no guidance, uh, bad mistakes are going to happen. Yeah. And I've seen that. So. So, Julie, you start out, you help people evaluate the things that they have and put them kind of into uh, categories so that they can carry through with the plan to get rid of all the clutter and organize themselves, organize their parents, organize whatever. Um, After they've done all that, there must be one final step, something that kind of closes the loop. I'm not sure what I'm looking for. I always tell my clients, 
you know, after you've gone through the, the sorting, after you've gone through working with your siblings, if there are siblings, after you've battled each other a little bit here and there, you, you learn through the process, I'm not going to do this to my children. And I actually wrote a, a chapter about that. And it's uh, very, very important to have your plan in place to talk to your children. I have a young adult daughter and right after my husband passed away, I went back to our lawyer to tighten up my estate plan. And I asked my daughter, you need to tell me the things that belong to us that you would like to keep. And true to the younger generation, there were just a handful of items that she was interested in. And I thought to myself, that's okay, because she's given me permission to go ahead and downsize and get rid of the things that don't mean as much to me as they once did. So I think it's really important to have that conversation. Um, really important to um, think about your future and how you want to be remembered, even if you're young. Um, I want to leave a legacy of love. I think I'm going to be on this planet for a very long time, but I want to do everything right because I only have one child and I do not want to leave her with a mess. That's not what I want to leave with her. I want to leave good things with her so that I will be remembered fondly. I think a lot of people um, worry when they ask their kids, what do you want? And the kids say, you know, I don't want anything. Mm. what happens if they change their mind after it's all gone? Well, you know, I always tell the kids to take pictures. It takes up a lot less space. I also encourage my older clients to gift while they're still living. First of all, you're minimizing any potential fighting and you get to see the joy on the recipient's face. Um, I have a very special memory of my mother giving me a piece of her jewelry she must have known that she was going to pass. We didn't. But looking back, uh, based on what she said to me, I think she knew. But I have that very special memory locked away uh, because my mom died shortly thereafter. And every time I put on that piece of jewelry, I just have a big smile on my face because I remember that. That's lovely. And that's a good idea. Give, give the gifts while, uh, while everyone can enjoy that. And also, I think some other really good advice that I would give, I, I hear my older clients say things like, oh, well, they don't want it now, so I'm going to put it in storage for years. Yep. Well, I've been in those storage units after years. And even if they say they're climate controlled, I don't believe it because I see the mold. It's not like a living, breathing home that has constant circulating air conditioning or heat. Right. So damage is going to have uh, take place. Plus little critters have a tendency to show up. And um, I can tell you that very few children change their mind. I've not seen that too much in 30 years. Uh, I do see older adults saying, oh, but I want my grandchildren to have these items and we're talking like grandmother's sofa and marble top <laughs> table yeah. and i'm like well how old is your grandchild oh well, they're in elementary school well i guarantee 
that they're probably not going to want that furniture. They have tastes of their own, just like unfortunately, one of the reasons that a lot of these traditional furnishings have declined in value is because there's so much of it on the market, too much supply, not enough demand from the younger generations. And it's unfortunate, but that's just what, what our grandmothers cherished and our mothers cherished. It's just not the case for the 30 and 40 something, even the 20 something. Yeah. It's hard though. Um, you look at something and you know you're never going to use it. It doesn't have any value, and but it's so hard to get rid of when it's the last thing, you know, the last memory kind of thing. It is. But. And and then I, I ask my older clients to think of it from this perspective. If, if they have an item of sentimental value and they are insisting that the children hold on to it, I mean, I've seen the guilt that these children are, these adult children are dealing with. They don't want these items. So I ask my older clients, you have an emotional attachment to it, but your children and grandchildren don't. Right. So you need to think about it from that perspective and you need to give them permission to do what they need to do with it. Keep what they can, but it's okay to let it go or donate it to their faith-based organization or to their charity of choice, whatever it may be. That's a great idea. Wonderful advice. Thank you. So, Julie, uh, your uh, website is theestatelady.com. Yes. And that's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they have questions. Yes, they can contact me through the website. Perfect. Thank you so much for being with me today. I've really enjoyed the conversation, and I think you've brought a whole wealth of information to people that, that some probably weren't thinking about. Well, it is a lot to digest, but these are necessary things to think about. Um, And, you know, we have plans to make. We're in a time of economic fragility. We're dealing with, you know, unfortunately, a a pandemic that requires great thought and, and caution. So I think this may be a really good time to think about things. You know, we we spend a lifetime collecting and inheriting and and displaying it and buying it, but we just don't make a plan for it. And that plan, that not having that plan means it means it piles all up at the end. And you know, where does it go? Exactly. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, I have so many things that I've got to uh, sit down and think about now. <laughs> Well, you're welcome to contact me too if you have any questions. I probably will. I probably will. I've enjoyed being on your show. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, review the show, and leave me a rating. It helps me move up in the ranks and reach more people. If you've got any questions or comments, drop by my website, www.beyondretirement.ca, and leave me a short message. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next week.